You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. I am here today with the fabulous Laura Knight, and it's only taken how many months for us to get to this place. So glad we're finally here. Before we move on, though, let's talk about the chickens. How are your chickens doing? My chickens are wonderful. Um, took you a while to get the hang of it, which is a little concerning. Because I make dresses. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and they poop a lot. They there's a lot of poop. There's a lot of poop. I got one that wants to live in my backyard. I got white ones laying chickens all over the place. It's, it's oh 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 yeah. I, there's, going rogue. There's an egg on my back porch right now. Okay, <laughs> I have to go get it. But oh, before it freezes up, it is an, it's entertaining. Oh yeah yeah. Laura and I are we have a bond of being chicken mummies, and I feel like. Did we get our chickens around the same time? Or you had them yeah. before I got mine. And then you had hawk issues, which we we'll won't have to talk about that, but it kind of took a while. That's not. That's not. When I when I want them to be gone, no one eats them. When you love <laughs> them, everyone eats them. Yeah. It's just rough. So in addition to having chickens in common, Laura and I, obviously, we also have sewing in common, but you kind of take it a step further with your design. And I'm really excited to talk to you about how you've brought Lara Knight into like this new chapter with your design. This has been a huge year for you. So thank you for being here and being willing to share about the brand. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's a, it's, it's an interesting thing because probably a lot of people that are listening are seamstresses. Sewing is a passion. Design is a passion. I went to school for fashion, fashion, passion, but <laughs> the, the aspect of learning how to create garments is has far exceeded my desire for the the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. There is a architectural like construction version that is more than just runway shows and all of the stuff. That draping, you, yeah, yeah. It's it's how a garment fits on woman. Mm -hmm. And 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 the world we live in today is like woman male fit. I'm I'm interested in all of it. However. There is a very distinct aspect to a female body. Right. And how a garment fits on it, stays on it, molds to it, how a piece of fabric blends to a, a body that has actually fascinated me more than even the design aspect. Of yeah. It. It's like the science behind it intrigues you. Yeah. 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 It, and that, that's such a huge piece of it. And I think probably that's what's kind of separated you because you know that there's a difference between kind of the, okay, let's get the creative juices flowing. And also the importance of understanding the science of building the garment. Yeah. 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 Where, you know, there is the design fun sketch on paper, mm -hmm. super cool part of it. Now, how do I make that work? Right. How do I make that real? Yeah. So take us back to the beginning of Laura Knight and how did this all get started? Can we start with Barbie? <laughs> I, I was the girl in the corner of my like home videos playing with Barbie in the background. Barbie was my girl. <laughs> my mom, my mom's girl. I am a fifth generation seamstress. Um, wow. Grandma, grandma, like people I didn't know sewed, sewed. 
you know, my mom sewed, my grandma sewed. I sewed with her. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I would play outside in the backyard, you know, with the Barbies. Backyard. Yeah. And Barbies. And, but the aspect was like, it was, it was part of my genetics. It's like, I knew how to take a piece of fabric and turn it into something. Mm-hmm. And, and I liked it. And as much as I forced it, and like I got into high school, I was making costumes. I was making the, the plays, the background, the scenery, the trees. I, I did home ec. The woman was like, I, you're not making boxer shorts. You're making a military vest. Yes, I am. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll make the set for the costume. This is fun. This is great. There was there's something about building and, and constructing, which like 1990, I'm going to date myself. 1996 is when I graduated. There was no internet. There was no cell phones. There was no mm-hmm. social media. but there was what do I want to do with myself as a as a living from a girl in a small town in Missouri Mm -hmm. I have no idea oh you're from Missouri I didn't know I am I am a Lebanon Missouri as from the Ozarks I am the Ozarks Missouri you're a Midwest girl I'm a Midwest girl at 18 I moved to New York and there starts the story did you know anybody in New York or you're just like, this no is one. where you go if you want to not do a thing? Not wow. a thing. I knew no one. My parents drove up there. My dad drove me to New York and freaked out the entire way because he was like, it's so busy. Yeah. Like, me too. And I moved into FIT. I finally got it. I was on the wait list for FIT. I got accepted wow. and I moved there and it was bigger than my hometown. Mm-hmm. The street that I moved mm-hmm. to. And I remember looking left and right being like what am I start doing? walking fast yeah what am I doing another skill yeah. you had to pick up yeah yeah and it was, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it I enjoyed it but <laughs> but the, the story of Lara Knight comes from the the glamour the beauty the the, the dresses I put on my tiny Barbie dolls mm. I loved every minute of it and I I still to this day if yeah I didn't have two boys and I had girls I'd be playing Barbies with them yeah that's so cool because I love to hear how it's like it is just kind of part of you. It's just something that, you know, oftentimes what we end up doing as adults is just what sparked us, you know, gave us that spark as a kid. And when you're able to make money from that, it's like, okay, even better, you know, if you can pursue yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have like you have big names under your belt. You have like Sarah Jessica Parker and Michelle Obama and and Jennifer Hudson. It's like how let's talk about how you got there because I remember when I first learned that about you and I was like, wait, what? And you're like super like down to earth. I don't know. I guess I just thought people who sewed for celebrities were going to be like super like bougie and unapproachable. And so I want to hear that story. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so not bougie, not unapproachable. I worked for Izod. Okay. And terrible. And I was yeah. like, where's Izod? This is horrible. That's exactly and what I thought. I think of like the 50 somethings that I know who are Izod. And I hooked on with this amazing designer. This is my blessing in life. I had, I had had a line before that. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the craft. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the, the knowledge. I just had the want. Yep. So I hooked on with the designer, Peter Sornan, and he had these contacts and information. It wasn't just Michelle Obama. Amazing. It was Kelly Swank, Christina Ricci, Vanna White. I made these patterns, gowns, dresses, stitched. My first day at work, he goes, sit down. We're making a corset. And I was like, I might've lied on my um, interview just a little bit. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) 
he took that person that wanted it mm -hmm. and became the person that knew it mm. behind the machine. Mm -hmm. And that's, I feel like that's the difference of my life versus someone who just as talented has the illustration skills and the marketing skills and the, the, the design skills. I have the construction skills, the production mm. skills and the ability to know what that's going to take in that. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, and that opportunity, like you can't find for yourself, like things that just happen to you. Like that is, that's incredible. I, I'm, I'm, but then I'm also you stepped up, like, yes, it happened to you, but also you're like, okay, I'm going to work hard. And like, maybe I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to learn. And like, you put in the work to get it done to so for Vanna White. I cannot wait to tell my mom. She loves Vanna White. I mean, who doesn't love Vanna White? You know. It was funny, I ended up working with Vanna White with two designers, Michelle Obama. I worked with her with two designers. Like wow. it, it just kept coming back into my lives. And I was like, what's this fun? These are cool. Oh my goodness. That is amazing. Yeah. And, and this, um, like what, what, how far, okay. You said you graduated in 96, then you went to FIT and like, what, what time frame were these fun things happening? When was it clicking for you? Like, oh my goodness, like cool stuff happens with my design and sewing. So in I high school, 96, graduated FIT in 2000, 2000. And, and I left New York because I was like, I'm a Missouri girl and this is too much. But yeah. 2007, I worked with Michelle Obama. I worked with, it was 2007 and then it grew and then it grew and then it grew. I think 2014, I married my husband in 2007, which was also like a fashion mm. crash, a world crash, a life mm -hmm. crash up into COVID and that crash. And all the, you know, it, there's this mix of everything, but that was when I had done my first fashion show. Okay. And I, and I was behind the scenes. I was, mm -hmm. I was the one dressing. I was the one like really working that construction. And Peter chose to, you know, he made the dress for Steven Spielberg's wife. Like he's, his ability to construct and sew was beyond most designers. And I respected that. Mm -hmm. And I, I love designers. There's a million, Charles James is my favorite. The designers that I love, amazing. But the ones that knew how to make the clothes, those are the ones that sparked me. Yeah. Make the actual garments. Yeah. Like I went to a Carl Lagerfeld show recently. They had interviews with his seamstresses. Those are the ones that made the clothes. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that are inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so, I think sometimes there's perception that like the designer does it all, or it's like, it's kind of this one person show, but that's not, you know, well, you just need to see one season of Project Runway to know that's not the case. Like, yeah. Right. And I mean, I mean, bless them and Project Runway, like, I could not make clothes that fast. Don't want to. Don't need to make clothes that fast. But there is um, the ability to know how to actually produce a garment that mm -hmm. makes you a better, I think it makes you a better designer and possibly more stable. Yeah. The stores. Where did you feel like, oh, I like this bridal thing. That's fun. When did that? I have, a, I had three wedding gowns for my own wedding, but <laughs> And my, my wedding planner told me I had to stop making wedding dresses because I didn't Oh my goodness, you're kidding. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I just, she was like, no more, no more. Stop, stop. <laughs> when it comes, okay. So evening and wedding event is more of my style, more than tailoring or, or things. And it came from the Hollywood glamour, the Marilyn Monroe, the mm. Barbie doll, the glamour that all of those people put on 
which we all know now because of the wonderful Barbie movie, there is also a strength in that. Mm-hmm. Because those women would come out and they're dressed to the nines and they hold a power when they do that. Like I am in sweatpants, I am in hair, mom hair buns, <laughs> and I am a mess, but I get dressed up and I feel powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of women feel that. Oh, totally. There's something to that that really impressed me and really drove it home. Like when I wanted to create things, I'm like, I want to give you feathers, not because we're fancy or pretty or anything, but because we are powerful and we need feathers and we need to present ourselves. Like there was this power to them. That's very cool. So leaning into like you were working with brides, you were you know, working with formal air, but what kind of led you to take a step back and focus on your own line? Yeah, there was, there was a ter- transition while growing with my own family mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what worked. I, I did a lot of custom, which was when I worked in production and when I worked as pattern makers, there was a disconnect between me and the clients, mm-hmm. the designer between us or someone. Yeah. So I really liked, I really enjoyed doing custom because it was one-on-one. I, I could, I can name all of my brides. I could tell you when they had their babies. I could, there's some yeah. there was a connection between that. And I really enjoyed that. The difficult part was that it was hit or miss, high and low. Mm-hmm. And as a, you know, steady stream for my family or steady income, it was a little more difficult. So I, I, I chose I can make a design collection. I can make a line brand new. So many of us, and I can have a little bit more stability because my kids are older. Yeah. They're bigger. So now I can start a a bit more of a a stable pattern toward Mm -hmm. it versus, you know, the connection I had with my custom clients who I still love. And I still have a great connection with. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of things did you have to like give up? Because it's, I mean, that was a huge chunk of time. I remember it was kind of like, where'd Laura go? Like, you know, you kind of got quiet for a while and then like you re, you like emerged with like this huge, beautiful brand new line and like new branding. And so what kind of things did you have to sacrifice to make that work? I think the hardest part when it comes to changing how you are with clothing is financially, it is a, financially it is a burden because you create and you have to financially support that. Yep. Where when you're working with a bride, you have deposits. You have, yep. You know, income coming, mm-hmm. especially with alterations too. You oh, yeah. As a source where a collection is self-funded. Mm-hmm. It yep. really was. And that is. And especially like a quality line. Like you were investing. You knew that you wanted to do it right. So yeah. it's like investing the time and like the quality materials and like you, you weren't playing around. And so that is so much more of an investment and a risk, you know, the bigger investment. And then you end up on the other side of it. The other side of it is now I have to switch hats and sell that mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. which is a far different hat than I've ever been on. Oh yeah. Like that yeah. to me right now is the most, the most challenging hat, which is like, I can make a dress. I can make a product. Oh my gosh, I have to convince people they want this product. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's like a different animal. It's kind of yeah. like just using different type, different sides of your brain. But because as you're going through this, like whether it's like the design or the work or realizing like the time and the money that you need to sacrifice to pour into this, like what kind of things did you have to work through? Because I can just imagine 
it brings up stuff when you're ready to like take a huge leap like this, like, of course it's going to bring things up, you know? So what kind of things did you have to work through to get to a place where you had the guts to do this? Everybody knows about imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite demon. Mm-hmm. First, I had to, I had to convince myself that my name was valid to use. So mm-hmm. I had to, I had to constantly look at Laura Knight as a brand, not just as, you know, like the girl from Missouri. Right. They, with chickens. Yeah. Girl with Missouri from chickens, got two boys, nobody. And I wear sweatpants. I have mom bums, but like, I had to be like, I am a person that can walk down a runway that can show someone that I am mm-hmm. a, you know, a quality craftsman and a quality thing. I, I'm stubborn in certain cases where this is going to be an American made product. My, mm-hmm. my dad was in uh, a manufacturer of steel. That was their family business. And I want American made product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not cheap. No. But he wants no. it. No way. Everybody wants a discount. I'm going to have to have less accounts and less things. Like I have standards and I have things that I have to line up to make it work for the business that I want. Mm-hmm. The quality wow. that I want. The biggest thing with the imposter syndrome is probably will be a life. That'll be a lifelong lesson. Oh and yeah. Am I good enough? Am I Oscar? Am I Vera? Am I Carolee? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. It's I can't imagine that. But yeah. it's kind of like, okay, if you're feeling that way, then I mean, we're thinking of listeners who are feeling like apprehensive to just start the business to get things started. Or like, I have this skill. Do I deserve to make money with it? Or, and you know what I mean? Can I actually like bring people in my home to sew for? Like, so then to hear that, like, this is something that you, you know, you continually are working through. I think that speaks volumes, you know? Yes. It is something that you have to wake up in the morning and tell yourself, I am a designer. Yeah. I am. There's never the sense of like, okay, hey, I've arrived. So I just, you know, whatever. I yeah. I That'd be so great. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if you're just like, oh, oh, I've made it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And done and done. So done what kind done. of things are you doing? Like, how are you outsourcing for your marketing? Like, that's a whole new like animal. Are you, how hands-on are you with that part of it? I ended up this, this round, I've done this a couple of times and mm-hmm. then I had a baby and then, and then you know, but this round, I decided to kind of hire someone in who coached me on the mm-hmm. sale, selling stuff, but that was expensive. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But they were professionals in the industry who worked with stores, worked with things, worked with marketing, being able to pivot myself from someone who marketed to a local community versus marketing to a larger community. Oh yeah. And it's a lot of work. Who yeah. likes social media? No. I don't know. Yeah. No hand. There's not a single hand that's going to raise. It's horrible. It's awful. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, but I didn't even think there. of that. I'm like, yeah, you're cause you still, you had quite a following, like a local following of, did you ever do alterations or were you just doing customs? Cause I think by I, the time I, I, I the only I reason I didn't do alterations and I, I, I dip, I dabble in for friends and I dabble in yeah. locally, but I didn't do an, an extensive amount because the calendar is different. Yep. Oh, your totally. alterations have a different like timeline versus my construction and mm-hmm. to fix those was like, I'm going to screw this up. Oh yeah. I, I dabble, but I don't, I don't do a lot of it because like I need my timeline for my clothing versus a timeline for alterations. So you have yeah. to be prepared with a calendar Yeah, you know, and two kids and holidays and everything else. So. Yeah. So if, you know, as you were working with, you're doing some customs, you're doing some alterations, and then you totally want to shift into only like designing your own line. 
What are like, what can people expect to number one, like sacrifice? You kind of touched on that a little bit with like the financial sacrifice. And then how do you like rearrange your life to give yourself time for that? And also third question, how do you even project the timeline of when it's going to be, when you're going to be like making the money back? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just seems like such a huge it's, it's, I keep using the word risk, but like, I think with you, like you've along the way, you've seen like wins, like, Hey, this could happen. This could happen, but it's, it's constantly a risk, but those are all these things to consider. There is a risk. I have seen multiple companies that I have worked for that are, they seem beautiful companies, but they'll go under because it is a risk. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying, you, you definitely have to keep it within a capacity, you have to keep a budget, you have to keep a production budget, costing, all of those things become extremely important. You, I am still currently working on this and mm-hmm. I think everyone will forever. There is a balance of what you have to have as far as life, work, expectations, mm-hmm. learning this. I know that dream-wise, I want to be the next person running down a fashion show, but I also know that let's sell dresses first. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the stores first. So I've given myself a number. I, I It's very like a very sedate number. How many dresses can I make a year? How mm-hmm. many things can I do a year? Because I don't want to outsource. I don't want to go to China. I don't want to do that. So I want to be able to keep it in store. How many until I can hire a seamstress? How yeah. many until you have to be very organized. And it's, it's hard as a creative because you just get excited. I, I oh, get yeah. excited. I, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, let's do this thing. That's it. So I have to rein myself in. I don't like working weekends. I don't like working nights because I like oh, yeah. working guys. So yeah. what can I do? And if you can keep that little bubble, mm-hmm. I think you can have success because that bubble can grow slightly every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. It's like, well, it it's just very like practical. Like it is just one step at a time. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, let's, and you see, you see like Berta, you see Berta, you're like, oh my God, I want to be a man. I want to <laughs> see, I want to be, you know, Carolina Herrera. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to, I want to have a runway show. Yes. But I'm going to do my five stores and that's it. Yeah. That's my year. Yeah. yeah. So if you're practical about it and you're able to move from being an alterationist to a very practical, small, growing, slightly one step at a time. I, th- I think it's way more achievable than the, the big vision dream, which you can keep, keep it right. on your, keep it as your, your goal, mm-hmm. but go slow. Yeah. And give yourself grace when it's slow, like just yeah. kind of have those real estate expectations. So you touched on this a little bit before when you're saying like you, what you loved about dressing up Barbie and like the empowerment that comes with dressing up, but like, and I, I loved seeing, I loved when the collection dropped on IG and we were seeing like, you know, the new gown, like every couple of days. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this one. Oh, I know this one. And I, and it was just like, so clean, like your lines are so clean and like understated. And I just, it's beautiful, but what is it like, what lights you up when you're like, okay, this is my whole, my, my, my thing. I get to do the sketches. I get to build it. I'm, this is my name in, in gowns, right? Like what lights you up the most? I don't think that anyone would disagree when they are on actual people. Mm-hmm. My models are beautiful. <laughs> the fact that, you know, at a plus size, I'm a curve, I'm all this. I love the fact that I can pose it. What lights me up is when I get a girl 
in a dress. Mm. Exciting. And they feel amazing. And they can then run, walk down the runway and be like, next chapter of my life. Yeah. Next version of what this is. Boy, girl, what? You know, but the excitement of what is next and what love possesses is that is, that, that lights me up. That's it's why very I'm personal. Gonna, it's about it, the person. Yeah. yeah. There are uh, tons of my, my personal clients are, I know they're, I know they're, their babies I see like they have you know the new babies and like you know they I have one divorce that's it you know but like you know she's already in another relationship with another and she's like I love you I love you still and then that's the thing is like there's just this 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 passion when it comes to weddings and it's a next state in life you know it is a very personal journey and I get a tiny little tidbit of it and Mm -hmm. I need to get that little tidbit the the people I've done professionally like the Michelle Obamas there's a tidbit I got a tidbit into that life and that is cool because that sparkle that I gave them for one night one evening they won't forget it yeah don't forget it clothing is an unforgettable part of your life even if it's in the background Mm -hmm. uh, this is my magic yeah that that's so cool and it's like yeah even when I dress my my boys and I put them in a $60 Amazon suit. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm wearing this to my school picture. <laughs> something I, happens. If something happens. Clothing yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like a gown or yeah, what you're wearing to school or a picture day, right? I mean, I remember when I was teaching and there was a picture day and I forgot that it was picture day and I didn't look very cute. And it, it, it ruined the year. I will say yeah. it was the worst photo. And then you have to wear it in your lanyard and it's just a whole thing. So it's like, <laughs> makes a difference, you know, <laughs> you wear this yeah. even when I first started my business, you know, I would look, I mean, I felt like I was like looking kind of cute, but still it was like pretty cash, you know? And like when my clients would come in, I started noticing they were dressed up and they were so excited for their experience. Like, this is my fitting. Like, I've been excited about this. It's been on my calendar. And I remember one particular girl, she was like, oh my goodness, I've been, I've been following you on Instagram and I, and she was jazzed. And I'm like, oh, I had like jeans and a t-shirt on. And I felt like just, you know, just really small, even though it was like my shop. I'm like, oh, so then I, I, I'm like, I can't do this again. You know, when you when you dress a certain way, you just feel a certain way. And then imagine that to like the nth degree when you're in this like custom made gown, of course, it's going to like, like it's going to feel totally change. different. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've been that way my whole life where I'm trying to find my identity as a person. Mm-hmm. Like I love a t-shirt and jeans. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. And those slippers. Yeah. And my slippers. The famous slippers. <laughs> that is my thing. And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to respect that. Respect mm-hmm what you are as a woman, no matter what it is. And there's something that when you're like, well, I'm going to wear my slippers because I've had kids and my feet aren't the same, but I'm going to wear slippers and I am going to have a sequin dress and I'm going to have my hair done and I'm going to, there's something about it that elevates you. Yeah. That is the art of dressing. Yeah. It's different now than it was a hundred years ago, Mm -hmm. but still something happens when you put on the right outfit. Yeah. Or if in your bad mood dress up more before you leave the house. And my yeah. husband teases me because he's like, do you wear real clothes? Because as soon as I get home, like, you know, the bra comes off, sweats come on. It's like, come on. Like, oh, so yeah. he comes home from work and he's like, do you wear real clothes out? Because he doesn't often see me in like real people clothes. But I'm like, I promise. I I don't. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I swear occasionally I put on pants. You know, there's a button in there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, it makes a I'm difference. The I'm a I'm a mom of two kids. I work hard. You know, I I, I currently work from home so that mm-hmm. I can with them. You yeah. know, and even you know when my employees are here, whatever, it's like like okay, sweatpants. You guys want a pair of yeah. PJs? Wear your PJs. Yeah. So when it's time to get dressed up. Right. We're serious. We're serious. Not messing around. Yeah. yeah. So how are you keeping, this was like a huge year. How are you keeping the momentum up? <laughs> Naps. <laughs> no, just... Because like, and you kind of touched on this too. It's like, okay, now you're like going, you're on the totally other side. You've launched the line and now it's like, okay, get people to buy it. So it must be a little exhausting to think like, okay, and this is like, you're not done running the marathon. It's like the next yeah. piece is, so what helps you like get up in the morning to just keep going? Yeah. And besides, keep my, besides my gratitude practices, it, it, it's hard. It, I have to then again, convince myself, you're now wearing a new hat. Mm. You are no longer a designer, a pattern maker, a garment construction sewer, seamstress. I am now a salesperson. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's my least favorite hat. It's yeah. my least favorite hat because I, I can make you dresses all day long to yeah. now have to convince people that they want to buy a part of me mm-hmm. is a hat that I've learned how to wear. And it's just, let's just go. Let's just keep going. Let's just yep. keep going. Which is, you know, every day, like pick up the phone, swallow your pride. <laughs> and then <laughs> be like, hi, let's do this. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's a whole new realm of like, instead of being like, you want a new dress? I can make a dress. I got this. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's more just coming up, having gratitude, convincing like, I am a designer. I am a designer. I am a designer. Let's sell my clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking naps. Like that was it. Like immediately you said that. So rest is a big piece, it sounds like, of keeping the momentum going, which is kind of hard to do. It's kind of hard to prioritize that, you know? It is. It is. I'm not young anymore. My body doesn't like to sleep. It's the fun part of me. I just like to like stay up all night long. Yeah. Well, but- I always thought that when I grew up, I would grow, grow up to be a morning person because I've always been a night owl. My husband's a morning person. So he'll like wake up and just want to start talking as soon as he wakes up. And I'm like, no. But I could you know, I love to like stay up and make things or stay up and read. And that's what was dangerous when I was working from home, because I would be like, Oh, 10 o'clock. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and start work. And it's like, you know, like, or I want to finish this project real quick before I go to bed. And I would let myself stay up and it's like, okay. So sometimes you're just like wired that way, but it's like, how do you, 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 have, to, you have to switch yeah. your wire. I, I yeah. would stay up. the boys would go to bed and I'd instantly go downstairs and like, I'd be like, okay, they finally fell asleep. It's 10 PM. Let's go <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> I go. No, yeah. it's terrible. I would yeah. if things like 1 a.m. and I'm like, oh, I should have mm-hmm. bed. I right. Just, I just sleep at some point and it's like, oh, but I'm gonna wake up at six because they're <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. And I think it's just because I read somewhere like depending on what time of day you were born, like that. I don't know. I don't know if it's a thing. I've but... always been a night owl. I love night owls. I have switched in the last year. Oh, I okay. love my mornings. And Maybe I'll be like that someday. That's my goal. And I yeah. see people have their like cozy early morning routine before sunrise. I'm like, what is that? But maybe, know, you know, the time. I look at 5 a.m. And this is new. This is brand new. And especially with children, they go to school. Mm-hmm. That has been my, that has been my, oh, I work now. Yeah. Because when they come <laughs> home, I want to be, when they come home, I want to be with them. With yeah. Them. I want to hang out with them. So yeah. that has been like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't really actually want to work at night anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mother old enough where that's like, okay, you can 
based your work day around their um, school schedule. I love it around their schedule. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's intense. Like they're at school. I'm like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> gotta crank it out. Yeah. Yeah. That has been a shift because I, during my pre-children professional career, well, I was like one, two, pouring them. I was like, I don't even care. Let's, every, all my yeah. friends were partying. I was sewing. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. I loved it. You're creative. Yeah. You're like yeah. still staying up late, but making stuff. So love it. not wasting your time. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm really excited to get this episode out because I hear a lot from seamstresses who they love design and that's what got them into bridal sewing. And then they're realizing, wait, I'm an alteration specialist. So I'm actually not designing. And this doesn't give me the time that I thought I was going to have to design and like put my original work out there, you know? So there's, I, I get asked a lot, like, how do we make the switch or how do you, and you've already touched on that because you said like, there's that time sacrifice and anticipate the money sacrifice, but like, what advice would you give to listeners who they're currently doing, you know, alterations? And like you said, there's no very limited overhead cost, right? Cause you're taking a dress that's already there and you're making changes but if you know you want to design and you want to design more than just the customizations, right? Mm -hmm. What do they do? How do they start? It's a tricky one. It is a tricky mm -hmm. one because it is when you are expected in, a, in the design world, you're expected for to have like 10 piece collection, eight piece collection. You're expected that mm -hmm. like we're looking for that. There is a step that I skipped that I think that some, if I had gone through alterations and gone through a different step, the connection with your local stores mm. I feel like being able to tell them I can make custom gowns for you mm -hmm. is a really good step that I didn't get that step that I I, I, I think that would be something that they could bring from mm. your alterations I can also make custom gowns for you I worked for a designer Washington Scarlet Project Runway, I'm sure some people know him, where I worked with a store with his custom gown. I made the custom gown for the, the bride wow. through the store. So it was awesome. I was, mm -hmm. so I think being able to maybe offer yourself to a store saying, hey, I can also do a custom gown if you have a girl that doesn't have, that doesn't, you know, that needs something more than what you're able to offer. Mm -hmm. If you're mm -hmm. able to do the pattern work, to to do all of it, to learn how to actually work on patterns, like that's a big one. Yeah. Like if you're already got those skills or if you're working with those skills, continue to nurture them and work on them and then offer yourself to local stores. You could kind of skip a little step that I'm like struggling through. Oh, okay. Connection with a store. Yeah. You know, if you want to have a little like four piece collection, that yep. store might take it. Mm -hmm. Be a really good like next step for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, skipped. And do you just suggest to anticipate like how do you prep financially? Do you just save and then you know for the more here more here more. Now, um, <laughs> yeah. There was there was some financial backing. There was some family backing because I had to buy all the fabrics. I had to buy. Mm -hmm. I, the marketing, I had to buy the branding, I had to buy all of that. That is, that that is a tough one. Again, the smaller you can start, the easier it is. Yeah. You know, like if you're thinking of it, start start small. I think big. Sometimes it's a problem. Mm -hmm. I I can't even help myself. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> it sounds fun. Thinking small is not bad. 
I don't mm-hmm. think stores, I think stores want the confidence of a person that they can trust. Yeah. There are a lot of people that are like, I want to be a big manufacturer. Like one of the things I can offer my stores is that if there is a problem with an order, you can call me because I'm probably working on it anyways. Okay. You know, yeah. where if you're calling, a, you know, a manufacturer, they're going to have to call someone else. It's calling someone else. Yeah. to find out mm-hmm. if the dress is okay. Yeah. Where if you're calling, like, I don't want to be big enough that I don't know what's happening mm-hmm. in, in my facilities. Like, yeah. I want to know, like, this store's dress is over here being worked on. Mm-hmm. But I think stores now want that kind of intimate relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting because it's like, I think too now things are more accessible you know, opportunities are more accessible. It's people are more accessible, like connections are. So if you have that dream, there are ways to find the people to help you get there. Whereas before it's like, there's no interwebs or social media where it's like, you can just send a DM or, you know, connect with somebody who knows somebody, you know what I'm saying? So I think the opportunity is there, but it's maybe that expectation piece of like, it's, it always, it starts slower and smaller than how we want to you know, we're so used to seeing things like, okay, what's the other one outside of Project Runway? There's a lot of big expectations. There's a lot. When you look at a big bridal companies, mm-hmm. designer, all of them, they are big. There's a big one, but the big ones are also not doing that great either. Mm-hmm. You know, there are luxury designers right now that are going bankrupt. There are companies that are going bankrupt because people want that connection. The people that are on the internet, the people that are on Instagram, World Wide Web. Do I sound 100 years old? <laughs> on the, the AOLs. The people that are on social media want to be connected with the dress that they love, with the designer. Mm-hmm. That they love. And I think that is something where us intimate designers, where us small designers can come in and be like, call me then. Yep. Call me. Here's my number. Mm-hmm. DM me. There's customizations, but don't cheapen yourself out. Don't, don't oversell yourself believe in the designs that you have but we all know if you know how to make something different if you know how to customize for somebody who has an actual body mm-hmm. that is that is things that we know how to do like i know how if i have somebody who has a small chest big waist big hips i know how to make you look gorgeous in that dress mm-hmm. where a manufacturer overseas is like well here's your size right right and then, and, and, and alterations you know this you've seen mm-hmm. this you then have to make it work. Yep. You know, so, you know, that's the other thing too. I want to mention like for you alteration people, I always have you in the back of my head when I'm designing clothing. (laughs) I'm like, give them enough Yeah. Give them small ones they can work with. Give them things they can work with. Give them (laughs) things they can work with. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That makes a, that makes a huge difference because we have a hit list, you know? I'm sure I'm like these designers and I'm like why I know it's you probably wouldn't like why? but I could tell I could teach you how to like work with it so yeah <laughs> call me call me I'll teach you how to work. <laughs> yeah. um, okay so what's next for uh, Laura Knight after okay 2023 was huge so what do you want to see in five years I mean in five years I am working to have my collection starting to consider going overseas Mm. that would be the really fun part I you know I'm already saying like I'm booking up trunk shows for spring so this should be a really exciting 2024 yeah 
I don't want to go too big too fast because I do. I want it to be yep. intimate. And I intentional. Even yeah. it. I want to love in it, love on it. Obviously, I'm going to get to make more designs, which is fun. Mm-hmm. That is the fun, creative part. But I do want to, I want to see it starting to be something that people recognize when they start thinking of designers. I mean, I'm I've wanted it since I was little. Yeah. Well, it's about but it, now it's my, now it's my, this is when it should happen. Mm-hmm. I want my voice. You, yeah. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> They're never going to think of <laughs> that could be like your 10-year plan. <laughs> I know. Then they'll be old enough to be like, oh, she is cool. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. There is a build, there is a build up. My 10-year plan is to have a, a manufacturing facility. That would be very cool. I lost I lost a couple of really good ones during COVID, beautiful US-based um factories. Mm-hmm. And I would like to be able to train and build that because i'm i love our art yeah the art of sewing yeah i mean it's a very it it is a small world that knows how to do it and it's it's a cool craft yeah 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 and i love that that you want to protect that integrity of your business and and do everything with intentionality that's very cool yeah definitely very exciting okay so where can we follow you if we're not already following you L-A-R-A-K-N-I-G-H-T-L-A-R-N-A.com and it's Larnay Brando on Instagram. I'm sure there's probably other places for me, but. Okay. Well, I'm just I'm start there. Whatever. I'm going to. smarter than me. There's probably <laughs> Twitter somewhere that someone tweets me. But... Okay, great. We'll just put your name in Google. See what happens. Yeah, just, just do that. Channel. That'll be fine. Okay. Be fine. <laughs> I think there's an astronaut named Larnay too, which is cool. It's a cool name. So, you know, it's just making the rounds. Thanks. And I think this will just be really encouraging to like, it's doable. It takes sacrifice, but it is doable. And it is, it can be within grasp when you have those realistic expectations of what you're going to come against and what you need to prepare for, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Like I am a nobody from nowhere. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm from Missouri. I'm a, just a, like a hillbilly from Missouri. I do not come from money. I do not come from fame. And yet I want it. And that that's probably the most important part. Mm-hmm. And if anybody wants to talk to me about it, call me. Oh, great. Okay. That'll be great. I'm going to include that in the show notes. Just, just me, DM me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm I won't pretty... put a number out there, but I'll give, yeah, we can DM you. DM me. I love that. <laughs> hey, thank you, Laura, so much. Thank We're so know. excited for what's coming for you the next five years. Probably I sooner. Would. I'd show you, I'd show you my chickens, but it's night or sleep Okay. We'll get some pictures to put in the show notes. That'd be great. Okay. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks everyone.